You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I walked across the graduation of my college. My president of the college gave me a diploma. It's in my office. And he gave me a three-by-five card typed on a manual typewriter. And the verse that he gave me, he said, Jack, I want to give you Acts 20, 24. I have it in my office, that card to this day. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. Paul was saying, none of these things are going to bother me. They said, don't you know that you're going to be bonds and affliction? And he said, that doesn't bother me. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You know that our lives hinge, our lives pivot, generally on individual decisions we make. I can look back, and I won't even go into any one of them, but you can as well. I can go back to individual decisions I made that were right and that were wrong. And I know that my life has hinged from those moments. I'd love to give you some illustrations, but you don't need to hear mine. But you can think of moments in your life, good decisions you've made, and they were the right decisions you've made. But many of us have made wrong decisions. Perhaps out of fear, you made a decision about your marriage that you should not have made. And now your life hinges from that decision. Perhaps you say, if I could redo, I would have never done that. And we're all that way. But perhaps it's with your marriage. Perhaps it's with your job. Or perhaps it's the way you raised your children. Or perhaps it's with our health. We would have eaten differently or ate more healthy or worked out. Perhaps it's with money. And we've never handled money right. And we just sort of gave up with that thing. And we've hinged from the fact that I'm not good with money. And so we spend our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, our 50s. And we're moving to 60s. And we're still not handling money right. There comes a point where you have to say, I am going to be responsible for my life. In life, I know that you're going to do one of two things. And it's so very encouraging to me because God put this thought on my heart about five weeks ago, maybe six. And I've not heard it until somebody I heard this week say these two words. I've said, how in the world? They took my message. I, I don't know how they got it, but I heard it. But I've been planning this for five weeks. You know, when we think of the decisions we make in life, the decisions we make in life, we will do one of two things. Let's say it's a bad decision, a wrong decision, or a, a decision that somehow something came to you and your life has been turned upside down, not of a, any, uh, any work of yourself, it just happened. And when adversity comes, Paul said, I'm not moving. I'm anchored. I'm going to walk through this. But one of two things, you're either going to fight or flight. Your marriage has trouble. You're going to fight for your marriage or you're going to flight. I'm done with that woman. I'm done with that man. You're going to fight when you lose your job. 
and not do something foolish and scare people and hurt people. But you're gonna fight, maybe not for that job, but for the next job, or you're gonna flight. Everybody in life makes decisions, and your decisions that you make are either one of those two. This church, this church is an amazing church. This church has always fought whatever it was. I can remember standing up and say, we're gonna meet in a tent. And for two years, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night was in a tent. And I said, now to top it off, we don't have one parking stall. Not one parking stall. That was 1981, the church grew from 75 to 76, 76 to 70. Every year we grew by 100. So from 75 to 81, we were about 600 people. How would you like to pastor a church of 600 people without one parking stall for two years? You know what happened? We grew 100 that year. The next year we grew 100. In 1983, we grew by 100. We just kept growing. Not one parking stall. And then I said to the members, now a few visitors will park around this building, but not one member can park in these streets around here. You have to park at a school or across the way, and we'll pick you up in a shuttle bus. And guess what happened? God's people did it. You had to fight for it. I believe this church has faced so much good days, but so much adversity for 44 years. There have been obstacles, there have been setbacks, there have been difficulties, but the church has always fought. Not fought with one another, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight in prayer. I recall when the city said you could not buy this property and you, because you want to develop it for a church and a college and we will not allow you to do that. But look what God has done. He did it. Well, I can remember they said you cannot have housing, cannot have housing on this property, but we have housing. We can house up to about 450 or 500 people on this property alone sleeping on this property and it's all legal. I can recall they said you cannot build a gym and a commons and a dining hall facility, but there it is and it's been passed by the city and the state of California. I can recall they said you cannot build a 3,000 seat auditorium. It can't be done. And here we sit in a 3,000 seat auditorium tonight. You see, you have to fight for some things. I recall when they said, okay, you're gonna build on, on, on this building, now you have to have an environmental impact report. I never heard one. I said, what is it? You're shaking your head, remember that. And we said, you're gonna have to do this. So we started working every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, raising money for that. And the report several years later came back, it was this thick, and it cost us $500 thousand dollars and no one to this day in this church or the city has ever opened it we have no idea what it says this church said okay we've got to have that report we need that property we need the building so let's go ahead and waste that money I can recall when the state of California a few years ago said okay your buses by 2020 are going to be obsolete and guess what this church did? They raised a million dollars and bought a bunch of new buses that meets the condition. No, we're not gonna stop saying, oh, then we lost our parking lot. So what do we do? Well, you go down these streets tonight and they're loaded up everywhere because when we leave tonight, they're coming back on the property. None of these things move me. 
You're either going to fight for your marriage or flight from your marriage. You're either going to fight for your kids. You say, but they're prodigal kids. They won't talk to us. They won't respond to us. They haven't talked to us in weeks and months and years. They left home. All right, here's how you fight. Oh, dear God, my prodigal son, where is he tonight? I don't know where he is. He won't talk to me. But oh, dear God, I'm laboring and praying for my boy. May he come home. That's fighting for your son. A little lady in her little college, she prayed like that and fought for her son. And her son, R.A. Torrey, who lived away from God, he came home and got saved and his life was changed. Great preacher. I want to say you fight for some things. And here this church has always fought. I, and you know that this last Wednesday was 9-11. Someone said it, one of these men prayed or someone said it Wednesday night, that when people were running out of the Twin Towers, police and fire and medics were running in. Those people should be running out. They were in a terror situation, but I wanna tell you something, there's a group of people called first responders, and they said our task is to go in and try to help these people. They fought, most of them gave their lives fighting to try to help someone on the pathway of life. Paul said, none of these things move me. I've never seen a church succeed that runs from a problem. I've never seen a youth group succeed that runs from a problem. I've never seen a missionary succeed on the field that runs from a problem. I've never seen a marriage succeed that runs. I've never seen a prodigal come back home when mother and dad run from a problem. You face problems. You fight for problems. You never flight from a problem. Perhaps it's an unforgiving spirit or bitterness, or perhaps it's poor finances. You have to run to the battle, not from the battle. Remember a man by the name of Jonah? He had to either fight or flight, and he chose to flight. He fled when he should have fought. I think of a man named Jacob and Esau, and they took flight when they should have fought for their family and from their home. And they got a little bit older in life, 20 some years later, they're seeing one another for the first time. One's bringing 400 people, 450 people, and one brother's bringing all their family, the other bringing the family. They'd never seen one another. They'd never seen their children, and Uncle Esau and Uncle Jacob, and they didn't know what was gonna go on. And then they said, because they're both fighting to have something over here that was selfish. But years later, they both were given gifts and said, I want you to keep it, I have enough. And both said, I don't want it, you keep it. Those boys could have figured that thing out 20 years earlier, they could have had a great home. As young adults loving their, their, their children and, their, and their, uh, their, their nieces and nephews and parents. Tonight I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 13. When school gets difficult, elementary, junior high, high school, and when school gets very difficult, you fight for that school. You fight. You say, oh, I don't get this subject, then fight for it. You don't fight. Oh, I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. If I had it to do over, I would have fought for a few things that I gave up on. In school, I only gave up on two things. In high school, I gave up on Spanish. 
I couldn't get it. What a foolish decision. Do you imagine the influence I could have had this day if I could go over and say more than, buenos dias, senor, senorita, and say more than uh, taco, burrito, enchilada, whatever I say to them? I can't even say they've tried to teach me, I love you. I love those Spanish people. And I was so thrilled last night, to, last Sunday night, to watch you love our Spanish department. Oh, the thrill that God has done in our heart. Those people are great people. They love God. They are supporting the work of God. One Spanish man went back. He said, I didn't sleep on Sunday night or Monday night and Tuesday night. And Pastor Sloan said, why did you not sleep? He said, because I have never seen any group of people love another group like that. They said, we are one church. Whew, glory to God. That's what we want. I find myself over here in 2 Samuel chapter 13. And chapter 12, you know the story where uh, David uh, was repenting of a sin that took place with Bathsheba in chapter number 11. But his kids are watching this. David got right with God, but his kids became bitter. And in chapter 13, we have the sin of Absalom when he had his half-brother killed. And his sister was defied by her half-brother. It was an awful story. The king was upset, his dad, David. And David was upset with, Sam, uh, with Absalom, wanted to talk to him, but the Bible says this, chapter 14, verse number 34, the first three words, are you ready? Let's read it together, 14, 30, 13, 13, 34, 13, 34. You have it there, I'm so sorry. Ready, begin. But Absalom, how about verse 37? Ready, begin. But Absalom, how about verse number 38? Ready? You see, you can either flee and run from adversity or you can fight. <clears throat> His choice is gonna run. You know, a rebel always runs to the place of least resistance. He ran to his grandpa's house. His grandpa was Talmai. Talmai was the king of Geshur. Talmai was a wicked king. A rebel always goes to the place of least resistance. And if one day your mother and dad that loved God had want you to do right, and you butt up against your mother and dad and say, I'm not going to obey anymore. I'm going to Aunt Sally's house. Aunt Sally is a rebel. You are going to destroy your life. I'm going over to Uncle Ralph's house. They'll love me there. I've seen it through a lifetime, and I've watched people flee to the wrong place when they should have stayed and fought the battle to get like God, break down their stubborn will, and love and obey their parents again. You're not ready to go the next step. Say, what's the next step? Well, if you're single, you might want to get married, but you're not ready for that step if you're not right with your mother and dad. So I don't like my mother. Well, you're going to have to fight that battle. And I'm not talking about calling your mother names. I'm going to have to say, fight that battle with yourself on your knees with God and say, God, I am wrong. And you'll justify it. Well, my mother's unsaved. I don't care if your mother's unsaved or not. She gave birth to you. You are here because of mama. Well, my mother is a Jehovah's Witness. My mother's a Mormon. My mother's a this. My mother's a that. You can say what you want, but she's your mama. 
And when you're not right with mama, the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother that it be made well with thee. So well, I don't like my mother. She is this, she is that. The problem is not your mama, look in the mirror, it's you. I'm not saying your dad's perfect. I'm not saying he's, he's right. I'm not saying that. But I am saying you, gotta, you have to be right with your family. So say, okay, I'm going to get out of this situation. I'm getting out of this home. My mother drives me crazy. My dad drives me crazy. But old Ralph, he's proposed to me, and I'm getting married to Ralph. Ralph has never even had a W-2 form. He can't take care of himself. How's he going to take care of you, Gazelda? And then you're going to start taking care of Ralphie because Ralphie can't keep a job because Ralphie has no, no integrity and he will not work. And so you are now going to have somebody else to take care of. It's going to be a wonderful life. Absalom fled. My Bible tells me about back when I look at life of the apostle Paul. He said, none of these things move. I'm going to face them. Judas fled when he should have faced. And he got so convicted that he took that money and he cast it down. He said, I don't want it. It's blood money. And they said, we don't want it either. It's yours. And he went and hung himself. The decision you make in life and the decision I make will cause us to either say, I'm going to fight for this. Or I'm going to flight. I'm going to run. Daniel said, I'm going to fight for it. Daniel purposed in his heart. They stole him from his mother. They stole him from his daddy. He was a teenage boy. He was very educated, very smart, very brilliant. And they stole him from him. And he went to another country, and the king set wine before him. Wine is still a marker, and a strong drink is a raging. And he said, I'm not going to touch that. He could have said, well, mama's not here. She'll never know. Daddy's not here. He wound up living in that country until he was 90 years of age, and he started as a teenager, and he was in that country away from mama and away from daddy and away from his local church and away from a pastor and away from influence. He could have got away with it, but he said, I love God more than I love wine. I'm going to do right. I'm going to fight to do right. And they said, you eat it. He said, no, I'm going to do it God's way. And he was raised up, and God raised him up. I find when you flight, you never have victory. Perhaps God, dear, bless you, dear preachers, tonight. You're being beat up like never before. I tell you what, if God has not purposely led you to another ministry where you can have a greater reach and a greater influence, stay right there. I want you to know that David faced one day as a youth. He heard about this Philistine called Goliath. And he said, is there not a cause? Can't we, why is it someone not fighting this guy? He's defiled the armies of God. And David said, I'll go. I killed me a bear. I killed me a lion. But he said, I, uh, I'll kill this. And, and Saul loaded him up with his gear and with his armor and with his sword. And David said, I cannot go with these. I haven't proved them. It's what scares me about these new contemporary churches. That's never been proven to see the aisles flooded with people coming forward and getting saved. 
seeing people here this morning getting saved and a husband and wife getting saved over here, people walking down. That, I tell you what works, soul winning works and prayer works and fasting works and tithing works and knocking on doors work and confessing our sins work and prayer works. It works. Stop trying to reinvent what's already failed. What has, David said, I, 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 can't, I can't work with these things. Well, what, you haven't proven it, so what do you use? I use a sling. You use a Bible, that's all you're using? That, that's worked okay because it's quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It still works. You sing out of an old hymn book, yes, amazing grace. Oh, that song this morning, how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Oh, what a great song. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. We have tonight, the apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. David said, I, and he ran, he ran, Brother Cooper. He ran to the battle. There he is, he ran, and he's swinging that slingshot, and he threw that sling, and it entered into the one area that Goliath was not protected. Something entered his brain that day, a stone. Isn't it amazing he had five stones because Goliath had four brothers. So might as well get the whole crowd taken care of right, right here. I've got, I got this stone. Let's stand together, please. As we stand together, you are going to make a decision to fight or flight. You're going to, and so will I. I guess we could go on and on. I want to take you to Hebrews 11. I look at those fighters. I look at Jephthah and Gideon. I look at, 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 at those women in the book of Hebrews. They said, I'm going to fight. You know, if I were you, I'd fight for your marriage. I'd fight for your ministry. I'd fight for your children. Students, I'd fight for your school. I'd fight for your education. I'd fight for getting out of debt. I don't know how deep you are, but there's got to be a way. There has to be a way. But I wouldn't run from it. I'd face it. I'm preaching myself tonight. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.